What a year, 2019. What even happened? Honestly, it's not really an aesthetically pleasing number either. <laughs> like a like a throwaway. It's literally like the age 19. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you passed like like a couple landmarks, but like you're not really you're not really having fun yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the big stuff is waiting for you. You have so much time left. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've been through it. Like a lot I, happened to us this year. I would agree. I would agree. Like, some bad stuff. But at the same time, like, I loved this year. I mean, yeah. It was kind of great. <laughs> Let's not get crazy, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get crazy. <laughs> we had some good times. I have some good memories from 2019. I mean, I think one of my favorite parts of this year would be Democracy Summer, the 20th year of Democracy Summer. I mean, the thing of- that brought you to us. Right? Who would have thought we'd be here? Who would have thought? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Democracy Summer just really, I feel like as a college student, I kind of just assume like we're all doing something, like we're all voting or some people are registering people to vote. But like when I met the students of like Democracy Summer, it was just clear that there was so, there was a lot that I was still missing out on in terms of like youth advocacy, like in our state. Like I never, thought that somebody like like our lobby day like lawmakers would take us seriously like walking in there and they did and it was just really cool to experience youth advocacy on that level and organizing and just watching the other interns become confident in themselves and become confident in organizing in their communities and yeah it was just really inspirational part of my year personally Definitely for me too. I mean, so I come from a youth youth organizing background, but it's, it's not like it ever, it never stops amazing me, right? Like whenever you meet new young people who have, you know, fresh ideas and are just still determined no matter what problems we face, it's always inspiring to, to watch y'all do great things and become even stronger people by the end of it. So I'm really excited that I was a part of this anniversary year of Democracy Summer, and I know that we as an organization, like, are better for it after this summer had happened. Yeah, I just feel like (sighs) Democracy Summer, 20th year, really a good culmination of it all, I will say. Yeah, something else that was really great this year is that we had to redraw our voting maps. That's just such a huge deal. It's something that we and our partners have been fighting for for years. All I can think of is the Dora theme song now. Um, the map. Um, the map. <laughs> so we've been voting on illegal maps for a couple years now. And that's just been so wrong that we've had to continue to vote for people who shouldn't be there in the first place. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. But like we and our partners continued to fight for what was right and continue to, to go to court, common cause, you know, forward together, you know, continue to litigate. And now we won those court cases. Our state superior court has now said that partisan gerrymandering is illegal. Like yeah. that is, that is such a huge win. Like even though our, our federal Supreme court wouldn't do it, you know, this summer they said that they couldn't make decisions on that. It was 
too far away from them. But our state courts, they stepped up and they said, you know what, this is unacceptable and we need to redraw maps. And that's so exciting. I mean, we're not all the way there. We always have to recognize that we need independent redistricting and that's a whole new process that we need to get implemented. But by having the opportunity for everyone to be aware of the fact that our current maps are not okay, then that just makes us that much closer to getting to what we really want for redistricting. And if you haven't listened to our past podcast on redistricting, go ahead and listen to that. But that wasn't our only win for 2019. We also won something that we talked a lot about throughout Democracy Summer. Mm -hmm. We won Saturday. Who loves a Saturday? So last Saturday, early voting was taken away. And Something I learned this summer is that a lot of people didn't know about that. And so a lot of the Democracy Summer interns spent a lot of time going out and petitioning and like making people aware of this and telling them the consequences of it. And just, it was kind of confusing to see, like, why would they take away the last Saturday when all of the information I had just continued to learn about it all summer was just so positive. Like it's the most used and young people use it by like times 4% and the turnout on Saturdays is just so high and yet they took it away. And I just feel like the last Saturday that we really focused on as a part of our For the People campaign was really important to me in terms of my beginning with like working with advocacy work in Democracy NC. That was kind of just like the first thing that I was like, I didn't even know that this happened. And it was just kind of the first thing that really was like, hey, let's start fighting for these things. And hey, now we want it. And now I'm like, hey, let's keep fighting for these things because (laughs) we can win them. That's right. I mean, there's not to like toot our own horn, but like our organization is so important because so something like fighting for new maps on the democracy scale is like hella glamorous, right? Like we are glamorous. Like people who care about these issues understand, like know what redistricting is and know that it's an unfair process and that we need something better. Something like restoring the last Saturday of early voting is not glamorous. And people didn't know that it was a problem, right? Like Sonny Frothingham, our senior researcher, put out a report that showed us that Saturday has nearly 90 votes cast per hour, like on average, versus weekdays is less than 40, right? So like double the amount of people in general are voting on Saturdays. People are using that Saturday, but then it got taken away very quietly. And so that's why what you were saying, Alyssa, with all the students this summer having to go around and educate people is because the majority of people were then probably going to go try to vote like on that last Saturday, probably like they normally do. And the polling site would have been closed and they would have had to try to figure it out for election day, which may not have worked out for them. Like that is so crucial that we won back last Saturday because so many people used it and didn't know it was gone. And something else that I think that is really cool about last Saturday that I saw was when I would be like out with the interns, like petitioning or talking to people like, It was like one of the issues that people were more willing to talk about because there are a lot of things that people just like inherently assume are partisan or if we're like talking about the maps and like which way they're drawn, they can be like partisan and they can be kind of like touchy and divisive for some people who may not want to get into that. But like when it comes to last Saturday, we would just be like, they'd be like, oh, like, what are you guys trying to petition for? Like, what's going on? And we'd be like, oh, like, did you know they took the last Saturday of early voting away? And they'd be like, wait. I early vote. I, they did not do that because I used the last Saturday. And so it was just, it was kind of cool to see that this was an issue. Voter rights is just kind of an issue that 
can cross different partisan lines. Yeah, definitely. Everyone, like Sunny's research showed that everyone uses it. Like it is, it's not a partisan thing. It's not just one side using it and the other side not. Truly everyone is a procrastinator. <laughs> That's all you can say. <laughs> Me. The last favorite memory of 2019 that I'll highlight is defeating a voter purge bill. So voter purges have become very in vogue in the past couple of years, which is highly upsetting. <laughs> it's been happening all over the country where people's names have been taken off the rolls for, you know, just dumb reasons and for reasons that really shouldn't happen because these folks have voted recently. You know, the only reason someone should be taken off the rolls really is if they die if they register in another state, or if they haven't voted in like, you know, 10, 15 years, right? There's no reason to get really technical and try to find new ways to take people off the rolls. That is a form of voter suppression. It is. And so what our legislature was trying to do was, it's very complicated and ridiculous. They were trying to use jury excusal. So when you get called for jury duty, you can get out of it by filling out a form that has a couple reasons. And one of the reasons is you say, oh, I'm not a citizen. That means that I don't actually apply. Like, I can't be on jury because you have to be a citizen to do it. And so what, they, what the legislature wanted to do was use those records to then take those people off the rolls and then publish all those people's names and information. So two issues here. One, this is dangerous. So much danger. People could have accidentally checked that box or people could have checked that box before they became naturalized and now they're naturalized, right? And that's just an incorrect purge both ways. And then the other piece, what you were saying, it's super dangerous. There is a lot of intimidation around immigrants and people who you know, may not be inherently from America or just people of color. And if you publish these folks' information and deem them basically, these folks aren't citizens, they shouldn't be allowed to vote. That is inviting harassment in a really terrifying way. And so we we got our, our supporter base mobilized um, and had a bunch of messages sent into the governor to make sure he vetoed this. It was about 1,300 folks in like a two-day period. Um, and he vetoed it strongly right away because, you know, he heard from us. And that's the reason that you saying something to an elected official is important. It means something. And I'm so glad that we we beat that bill. So yeah, looking back on 2019, I mean, we won. We won. We did. I would say we came out on a good side. <laughs> but hopefully, we'll win even more in 2020. That's right. 2020 is just kind of like, just a big year. Like, it's just like a culmination of so many things. Like, there's so many things on the ballot. There's so many opportunities to be a part of change and and change in different places. And it's just really exciting. Yeah, 2020 is... Like you said, it's like it's like the land of opportunity, right? Like you can play a bigger role in your community and in your network of friends to do something bigger than yourself for 2020. And so that's why we kind of want to explain to y'all the the power of being an influencer in your life and you know how you can become one and and really why it's so important. So I feel like when a lot of people hear the word influencer, they immediately think of like 
a social media influencer or something big but like literally just by me like wearing my I voted sticker or something I could be like influencing my friends to go vote just by like having a democracy and see I can register you to vote button on the back of my book bag Mm -hmm. I could help someone register to vote so it's just it's like little things that you could do that could make an impact in a small way that creates like a larger shockwave it's like a it's like a ripple effect and just you saying those two things like imagining you walking around with a sticker with a button like I just imagining that you doing that it just like makes me so happy like (laughs) you could be empowering so many other people to just come up to you and be like oh you know how to register people like can you do it because like I don't know how to do it and you know makes me kind of nervous you know stuff like that and it goes even farther than just like maybe things like that it could also be just like educating your friends or informing them about like what's happening um and having those conversations just because like I mean it's it's not cool to assume that everyone always understands what's going on like things are difficult to understand sometimes so I mean maybe just you having that conversation with your friend may help them understand something in a greater way than they did before and boom now they're politically active just because you kind of debunked this mysterious process to them yeah it's so like so even though like you as a listener may be super engaged or very politically active, you're going to have friends or family who, who aren't, maybe they're discouraged by what they see, you know, is going on currently, or maybe like Alyssa was saying, it's overwhelming and it's just kind of hard to, to think through on their own. And so I was talking about this with my colleagues today about how honestly any like issue or any specific thing that someone could care about, that is connected to democracy in some way. Yeah. And, you know, like we as staff, like know how to, you know, connect that thread, even if it is a little bit further away, but no matter what, having better representation in your government is going to fix something that's going on. You know, is it that you have like a pothole on your street? Is it that you don't feel like there is a grocery store close enough to your house? Is it something that has to do with how good or bad your health insurance is? Like everything is connected to to democratic issues. And if you just sit down and have conversations with your friends and family and try to connect those dots for them, then that's how you help people, you know, start thinking through that process on their own and start helping them begin to, you know, become connected with voting. Yeah. And the process is much easier when it's like someone like a friend reaching out to you rather than you just like trying to figure it out all on your own. And there's like, there's more than just having conversations. Like everyone is on social media these days. You can, you know, write your own posts. You can share uh, content from other pages that you feel like are doing good and bringing education about, you know, don't be worried that you're being annoying because everyone's going to be thinking about this at some point next year, whether like they actually want to think about it or not. And it's important for you to be someone to help have the correct information out there. Misinformation is such a big problem in the digital age that we're living in. And you need to be stewards of real correct information. And we'd love for y'all to be influencers on that level as well. So we've mentioned things like having conversations with your friends, posting on your social media platforms for like good, but It's just like, it can be these little things. It doesn't always have to be large things. It could literally just be like bringing your friend with you when you go to vote just to ensure they do. And just so I have had friends come with me a couple of times when I voted and it like, 
this is gonna sound so like geeky of me, but it really is. <laughs> it really is more fun. It's um, a bonding experience. It's a great bonding experience. Um, it's like I don't know, like you get to share in that in that like civic participation experience together. And I was lucky that where I used to live, our location had had kind of a like photo booth for after you voted, you got to take pictures with just cute stuff. And that was really fun for us because we got to take those pictures together and we posted them on our social and we were really dorky people together. And it was, it was a great time. Yeah. And so like Alyssa said, you know, you can do something as simple as that, but if you are ready to take on more and you, you want to, you want to spend more of your time making sure that your community is ready to vote, you can get involved in community organizing. You know, you can volunteer with us, you can vote Common Cause, any of your local organizations, and you can just spend more time making sure that you're helping get out the vote in, in the ways that, you know, professional organizations know is the best. And, and I know that sometimes the words community organizing can just sound like, like a big job. Like I need to organize my community, like the whole thing, (laughs) all of it. But really it just kind of comes down to like, you are within your community, you know, the people in your community, you know what they need, what they want, what resources would help them. And so you're just kind of that best person to be the voice for them and to advocate for them because you're part of them and you have the same problems or issues that they do. So it's just easier to relate. Yeah. And your community can be a lot of different things. Your community can be something that's like the obvious thing, like your neighborhood. It can be your friend group. Maybe you are part of a club. Maybe you don't live in a neighborhood. Maybe you live in an apartment complex and like there are like get togethers that y'all do. You know, there, there are lots of ways to imagine a community and you can be part of multiples of them at the same time, really. Yeah. So the reason that we're taking so much time and explaining the ways that you can do good work is because the stakes are really high for 2020. There's so many offices on the ballot. You know, it's not just presidency. It's not just senators. We have every single person in the state legislature. So the whole General Assembly, those are the people that have been suppressing our vote. You know, there's a lot of people there that we need to look hard at and see who we want. There's also governor, lieutenant governor, state treasurer, and then even further local things that are specific to your city or your county. Like whether or not you are pumped to vote for president, which is, you know, what all the media focuses on, right? Whether or not that's true for you, there is so much more for you to focus on and be a part of, you know, state and locally. I think it's important that we realize the stakes are high. Like, I know, like, since I've become more involved that, like, in the past, a lot of people being on a ballot wouldn't have really meant anything to me. But now that, like, I've had the opportunity to actually learn about things that are, like, happening within voter rights and voter suppression happening in our state, like, it's so important. Like, this is our opportunity to, like, end this bad cycle of things that we've been talking about that keeps happening. And we've talked about this in many podcasts before, but just, like, yeah, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. But, like, now we have a chance to change it. And we need to take that chance seriously because we can actually make some serious differences in our immediate communities and our greater community of North Carolina. Yeah, and it's, like, a very poignant reminder. 2020 is is the census, which then means a new round of redistricting. So we don't have much time to implement independent redistricting before the next cycle hits, you know? So we have to live in this both and situation where like, 
we want to, and we're going to keep driving for independent redistricting. And it's also possible that we will have new redistricting set under the current rules. So we need to make sure that the people whom we vote for in 2020 have redistricting, like good, independent, fair redistricting in mind, because we need to make sure that we get out the count for the census and then all that data is being used in the best way possible to draw our new districts. And just in case you don't know, you know, it's, it's important because census-wise, that's how we get funding for all of our public services. So we need as much funding as possible because we have a lot of people living here. Another special thing about 2020 is just that we're up against some things that we're not typically used to. Some of the rules have changed a little bit, like the game's a little different now. And so we're up against some not so typical barriers. That's right. We are going to be experiencing voter photo ID. We had this in the primary in 2016, but it looks different now. And we and other organizations worked really hard to make it as inclusive as possible. But, you know, having no photo ID would be the most inclusive as possible. So we still have to work on that. Yeah. The rules for absentee voting is harder. That's voting by mail. So we still have a lot of obstacles to overcome to make sure that everyone turns out in 2020. So like as we see these new laws come into play, it's like we see greater and greater amounts of suppression. And if we don't use our voice, then we could continue down the same road of voter suppression for who knows how many years to come. It's really just our chance to change things. Our time to shine. Our time to shine. (laughs) Looking to 2020, some things that I am hopeful about in mind is just the changing of our state and not even just in terms of how I'm talking about like changing our legislators, but just like the changing of our composition. And like Taylor mentioned, we have a census coming up and I'm pretty excited for the opportunity for our demographics to change in a way. And I think that happening could also lead to a more representative democracy within North Carolina. At least I hope so. And right. so that's kind of like what I'm hoping for coming forward. I, I really agree with that. I hope to see that 2020 brings about a more representative government because like you said, our state is so much different than it was a couple years ago. A lot of people are moving here from other places and we have to make sure that our government knows where everyone is coming from because they've been there as well. Because there are so many positions on the ballot in 2020, there are so many different ways power can be held by the time the election is over. And I really hope for a culture shift where everyone sees the value in in continuing to work for the expansion of voting rights and making sure that everyone has what they need after 2020. Because like I said, it it can go in in many different directions. And, you know, we could still be having to fight really hard, or maybe it's a little bit easier, or maybe it's a lot easier. You know, we don't, we don't always know who's friendly to our issues until they're in power, and we have those conversations with them. I think that 2020 just means that there's a great opportunity to, to build this activist pipeline, kind of what you were saying, Alyssa, with, with all the student activists is like, you know, the 2020 election doesn't just happen. And then you know, we're done, right? Like, regardless of what happens, we're gonna have to keep working for better policy. And we need people to join the fight. And we're hoping to identify a lot of those people during 2020. I just see 2020 as the year for people who haven't always gotten to speak up. Yeah. Be heard. 
Mm-hmm. And I just see 2020 as a year for these people to, to do just that, to speak up and to be heard. And lastly, I think I just hope to see, I just hope, not to hope to see, but I can't wait to see what it looks like. Because the way that like, I feel like our, our public is moving towards is more informed and more like angry and upset about the things that are happening around us. And I don't know if that's just because, you know, I'm getting older or if because our, we're starting to get fed up, but (laughs) I I'm definitely noticing that a greater amount of people are becoming involved in these issues than previously were. And so I think that says a lot about what could potentially happen in terms of advocacy from the people. 2019 was pretty good, but mm-hmm. hopefully 2020 will be pretty great. Yeah, it's like, we're like cheese. We get better with time. Just keep swimming. <laughs> Just keep swimming. <laughs> so we hope that you've liked 2019 as much as we have and are ready to get working in 2020 and help us create a North Carolina that is built by us. And thanks for listening to this podcast made of, by, and for the people. See you in 2020. on social media you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at democracy nc or you can visit our website at democracync.org